Welcome back to Guerrilla Radio. Well, regardless of which level of government or party affiliation, the political process in Canada is incapable of preventing the rampaging destruction of what remains of the natural ecology here. Though the people say they want to protect and preserve the environment, what they're offered from on high is silence, or worse yet, dismissive lip service. On Vancouver Island, this means the destruction of trees and ecosystems more ancient than human history. Igmar Lee is a longtime BC-based environment defender who describes himself as a, quote, rotten, belligerent, iconoclastic, ungrateful, unrepentant, and unpleasant tree hugger. He's spent a lifetime making enemies of the greedhead political fraudsters, money-grubbing business leaders, spinmeisters, and journalistic hacks, as he puts it, that are working in the service of rapine corporations and their captured legislators. Igmar's latest article, Voracious Industrial Logging Between Klaskish and Klaskino Inlet, recalls just what is being sacrificed and on whose altar. Welcome back to the program, Igmar. Hey, Chris. Great to be here again, and thanks so much for being there and covering these issues. Well, uh, it's always fantastic to speak with you, and I wish I knew more about it, but I depend on people like you with your knowledge. Uh, the, your article begins with a trip that you took to the west side of Vancouver Island some years back now. Uh, first, uh, perhaps, Igmar, you can describe where Klaskish and Klasino inlets are and uh, paint a picture for our listeners unfamiliar. Okay, well, if you uh, look at Vancouver Island and imagine it like a humpback whale, the Brooks Peninsula is uh, like the pectoral fin that sticks out into the uh, ocean. And um, it uh, just to the north of the Brooks Peninsula is the Klaskish uh, watershed and basin. And then uh, the next inlet north is called Klaskino Inlet. And, and and your article now, you, you talk about going going up there. Now, this is, you know, some time ago. Um, what what were you was this uh why were you going up there i mean this is this i mean we should stress this is pretty inaccessible territory even even today but, but when you went it was uh, even more so i imagine yeah well just uh to put it in context too um when um you know captain cook uh first showed up uh on the west coast uh you know his first view of Vancouver Island was the Brooks Peninsula, and he mentions that, uh, he called it Woody Point. And, uh, you know, so that was the, and immediately they uh, started getting some otters, otter pelts, and, uh, you know, the that sort of devolved from there, this uh, extraction. But anyway, um, I got interested in that area back when, uh, East Creek uh, began to be bandied around as sort of a watershed that was uh, uh, very uh, immediately threatened by logging and was still entirely in intact. And East Creek is the first watershed to the north of the Brooks Peninsula, which is a, a wilderness area, I, which doesn't give me a whole lot of uh, confidence, but uh, it should be a, a national park. Uh, given its incredible uh, importance uh, as an area of ancient history, uh, human history, and biodiversity. Um, anyway, East Creek uh, in that 
time had not been logged. Uh, there was no roads or anything uh, going into there. So a buddy of mine um, jumped in uh, my old Volvo and we smashed our way down the 100 kilometers of logging road uh, behind uh, that begins uh, in behind the Port Alice uh, pulp mill, which is where the blacktop ends that's the as far as you can get on vancouver island on blacktop and then after that you're onto these logging roads so it's 100 kilometers out to the west coast from port alice and we got to uh Klaskino inlet and we uh, uh carried on uh, uh up to the class which had been uh already pretty much gutted uh by interfor so um we uh got ourselves uh, to the as close as we could to the uh, beginning of the hike up to the height of land in between the Klaskish uh, watershed and the East Creek watershed. And it took us two days to get up through the bush uh, up to the height of land where we could finally look over into East Creek and see this incredible vista of uh, you know, an absolutely intact primeval wilderness with uh, the spectacular nun attacks of the Burks Peninsula in the, as a backdrop. And, um, you know, we were uh, just uh, uh, absolutely amazed. And at that time, East Creek, I believe there are 83 primary watersheds on Vancouver Island, and East Creek would have been the 79th to be gutted and roaded by industrial logging. Yeah, and the Nunatak, that's the uh, a mountain, uh, a group of mountains there, right? Yeah, a Nunatak is a mountain that protrudes out of the glacier. So, um, you know, uh, I'm told that 10,000 years ago, most of Vancouver Island was buried under ice. And, uh, you know, there were a few ice-free refugias, a part of which is, is the... Um, um, south, uh, west corner of the Brooks. Um, I think about just looking at it, uh, by, uh, Google earth, it looks like about a quarter of the Brooks Peninsula it would have been an ice-free refugia. You can see it's much more eroded and, uh, the valleys don't have the round glacial, uh, U shape to them. Um, just to give the listeners a bit of, um, perspective on uh, how much of Vancouver Island has been logged. Uh, this was from the Ministry of Logging's uh, act uh, website. They subdivided into 31% of the island is general management. That means logging with virtually no uh, ecological regard, just voracious clear-cutting that has uh, destroyed the island. Then there's what they call enhanced forestry. And I think that's what that means. That's a euphemism for uh, where they uh, call it ecoforestry. And, um, you know, the government's idea of ecoforestry is that you go in and you clear cut. The difference being that you leave a tree every 100 meters or a clump of marginal trees that have no uh, commercial value. So that would be that's uh, 31% gen general management, 24% enhanced forestry. And then there's 18% of Vancouver Island is private lands where there's it's just uh, balls out, uh, no rules, no oversight, 
you can't access any information because it's all private land. And they, that has just been absolutely gutted. And most tragically, all of Vancouver Island's coastal Douglas fir ecosystem, the uh, biogeoclimatic zone that uh, features the magnificent fir trees, that is entirely contained within that 18% and has been exterminated by voracious uh, logging. There's virtually nothing left for old growth fir on Vancouver Island, just a, a few little patches. And then there's these special management areas, uh, which are 8%. And these are defined as areas whose management priorities must incorporate identified primary environmental, recreational, and cultural heritage values. And this particular area that we're talking about between Klaskino Inlet and Klaskish Inlet falls into that area. Ultimately, uh, I, I was telling about how uh, my buddy and I climbed up to the height of land. Well, the next day, we climbed back down and we hiked out the along the waterfront, uh, very difficult thrash to try to get to East Creek Estuary. And, um, you know, we got about halfway by noon and it was a, quite a beautiful day, I remember. And we sat down and we ate all the rest of our food for lunch that we'd brought and we decided, well, do we want to keep thrashing to East Creek? It's going to mean that we won't have a tent or any food for tonight. But do we want to do that or go back to our, our tent in the Class Geesh? And we decided to forge ahead and we uh, got to the East Creek estuary. We went for a swim, made a fire, and my buddy went to sleep inside a great big tree that we'd found, a big cedar tree that had a hollow trunk. And I just curled up next to the fire and and just watched the full moon rise over uh, uh, Mount uh, Doom, which is one of the prominent mountains on on uh, the Brooks Peninsula. And, uh, you know, it's just a magical evening we ate some mussels that we'd gathered and um, and then we hiked back the next day so that began uh, 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 that was the first of numerous visits there ultimately after a few more kayak trips um, I'd noticed a lot of uh, culturally modified trees which is the Ministry of Logging term for trees that have been uh, historically bark peeled or plank splits or resin gathering or other uh, uses by First Nations traditionally pre-contact. And I'd noticed a lot of uh, bark-peeled trees, and uh, including a, a very distinct village site with uh, shell middens and all that. So I, uh, my wife and I were going to UVic at the time, and we uh, proposed to do a joint disciplinary CMT research expedition to the Brooks, and uh, we got that. We got our um, protocol permissions all in order from the Quatsino First Nations. And I think we did about eight trips out there doing increment coring uh, and uh, just hiking around looking for CMTs. And um, just, you know, out of that research, we dated trees that had been peeled in the 1700s uh, out there. So just around the Klaskish village site. So your your yeah. first trip, uh, Igmar, that you say that was like twenty, a little more than twenty years ago, and and you and Krista went up there a little bit after that. What has happened to East Creek, the East Creek Estuary, and the this area that you describe at the Klaskish since then? 
Well, East Creek has been entirely destroyed by logging. It's it's uh, pretty shocking that in 20 years they can just annihilate a, a watershed like that. I mean, if you do a Google Earth flight over East Creek, it, it's just shocking. And they're log they're currently logging right up to the on the flanks of Mount Nunatak, which is the highest mountain on the Brooks Peninsula. It's actually called Mount Nunatak. There, uh, I think it's Lemaire Lake logging out of Port McNeil is currently clear cutting the whole uh, north face of uh, Mount Nunatak, and the the boundary for the um, you know the Brooks Peninsula so-called park is right through the summit of Mount Nunatak. So they're just gonna you know just pillage it right to the top. But the area, I mean, we'd kind of given up on East Creek. What happened was um, uh, there was a, a consortium of Angos, uh, Sierra Club and Greenpeace, et cetera, et cetera, that began a campaign to protect East Creek and got the Quatsino First Nation all involved and all excited about it. But uh, simultaneously, there was this big uh, push to... Uh, get the so-called Great Bear Rainforest deal pushed through. And I personally believe that um, East Creek was sacrificed uh, to logging in exchange for concessions on the Great Bear Rainforest deal, which in itself was a pretty shoddy uh, sham of a deal where, uh, you know, a bunch of these, uh, unfortunately, professional angos capitulated and, and got a a pretty a pretty bad deal out of, out of that but uh nevertheless uh east creek got sacrificed the quatsino uh were we were you know regularly communicating with them and uh you know the our contact there was very upset that uh, east creek had been abandoned and uh there wasn't anything they could really do uh to stop you know it was uh, east creek was a, a warehouse atrocity so anyway um as part of our kayaking expeditions, we would launch in Claskino Inlet and we'd kayak up to the south entrance to Claskino, which is a place called Heater Point. And from Heater Point around to East Creek and the Claskish is a very exposed stretch, about 10 kilometers of open water where the ocean swells come all the way from Japan, basically unimpeded. And um, so it was always a bit of a heart in the mouth, like getting around Heater Point. And then once you got to the uh, East Creek, there's uh, some protection there with uh, McDougal Island and the village site there where we had permission to uh, establish a camp. And, uh, but that particular Kayak was just the most spectacular waterfront full of beaches, little pocket beaches and caves and this entirely intact flank of the mountains um, between Claskino and Claskish was all intact. And, um, and that particular area had been donate, uh, denoted or designated as an area that was particularly high priority for visual 
protection. It's the west coast of Vancouver Island. We've already seen the various atrocities, such as Weyerhaeuser's wet Red Stripe Mountain, which is between Quatsino Inlet and Klaskino, just to the north, where Weyerhaeuser went in there and stripped the entire mountain right from the beach, right to the summit, and right down the other side. There is, was not a single original tree left on that mountain, then then Yap, Yappy Cop Mountain, which is between Klaskino and Klaskish, which has been entirely stripped. And then further down the coast behind Cayucat, there's the particularly shocking and uh, infamous uh, destruction of Mount Paxton, which, uh, and St. Paul's Dome, which Interforce stripped right from the beach right over the top and right down the other side. This is completely denuded mountains. So I kind of had this idea that uh, that stretch from Heater Point between Klaskino and Klaskish and the entire Brooks Peninsula would be spared the axe. Uh, but that was not to be, as I, much to my chagrin, have um, discovered uh, just recently. It's, it's been destroyed. Well, how are these guys? I mean, the the picture you paint, uh, Igmar, uh, getting in, and you know how remote this place is, and how difficult it is to traverse. How are these logging companies managing it? Are they punching roads in, or is this heli logging, or some combination of the two? This is the crudest, uh, indistinguishable logging techniques from anything that's ever happened on Vancouver Island. It's just blast, smash and bash a road through there and then bring in your grapple yarders and your high lead yarders and your huge off-road logging trucks mow the whole forest down this isn't even uh this isn't even what they call variable retention where they are leaving a tree a single tree every 100 meters or 50 meters uh or patches it's just absolute massive uh 40 hectare clear cuts all the way just a string of them with uh you know what they call a fire guard like a little strip of timber in between each clear cut and i mean this has happened in the last five years now how do i know that well if you look at google earth of the image currently like you know i've got google earth just like uh, anybody and uh I realize Google is right in there uh, uh, with the, you know, the kind of um, algorithm bots and things like that and bought in with uh, corporatocracy, uh, just like anything. But, uh, you know, the, Google, the most current Google Earth imagery that's available to the public shows that entirely intact and the, their image is uh, taken in 2016. But where I learned that this had happened was that uh, I got uh, an email recently uh, on one of the listservs that was showing herring spawn uh, seen from space. And there was three different images. One showed up by Prince Rupert. You could see this beautiful translucent blue herring spawn very clearly from uh, the satellite image, right? Uh, and then there's one in uh, Kumshua Inlet in Haida Gwaii, that the same thing. You could see the herring spawn. And the third one was the Brooks Bay, just off the uh, Klaskish. And in fact, right in this area between Klaskino and Klaskish Inlets, you could see the translucent blue herring spawn from space. And I was like, oh, it's just opalesque. It's so beautiful. And then I noticed 
that the entire waterfront stretch from Heater Point to the Class Geish has been just ruthlessly, heartlessly, voraciously destroyed by logging. So I went back and I checked with Google Earth, no sign of it. So I'm like, well, you know, this imagery must be old. And, uh, you know, I got some people say, oh, yeah, well, what they do is they, you know, they'll come in and, and intermesh. When you zoom it in, you actually get to an aerial photograph and blah, blah, blah. Because immediately I, it, it raises a red flag with me because I have noticed when I first got Google Earth like 20 years ago, um, the distinctions between fresh clear cutting, primary forest, second subsequent growth, post logging subsequent growth forests were very distinct. You could see the clear cutting patches would show up on the Google Earth imagery very clearly. And you could see where the second growth was coming in and then the primary old growth forests uh, were very easy to see the difference. So it, to look at a map of Vancouver Island, a Google Earth image of Vancouver Island 20 years ago was much uh, more viscerally shocking than what you see today. Google Earth has dumbed that down. And uh, so it's much, you, it's very difficult to actually determine the difference between old growth and second growth. And then the new clear cuts are also dumbed down so they don't look quite as, as hideous. A computerized Potemkin village, environmentally speaking. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Gorilla Radio. I'm speaking today with Igmar Lee. Igmar is a longtime BC-based environmental defender. He's also a longtime uh, employee in the timber business as a tree planter. You did that for many years. You're not somebody entirely from the outside. Uh, his latest article is Voracious Industrial Logging Between Klaskish and Klaskino Inlets. Uh, and we're talking about some of that today. The, the other thing, Chris, that's particularly heartbreaking about this is that, you know, whereas 20 years ago when we were first going out there, there was a much heightened uh, awareness amongst the general public about the very, the very great risk uh, of, uh, you know, losing everything on Vancouver Island. But that has been... Uh, unfortunately abated. And, uh, you know, especially back then, I suspect that 20 years ago, if Interfor had put in to do that kind of destruction, um, they would have been denied uh, because it, it's supposed to be amongst the 8% of special management areas who's, you know, has these extremely high priority uh, recreational, cultural, and heritage values, right? But uh, nowadays, Interfor must have calculated, oh, I think we can get away with that, and we'll get Google Earth to help us out and keep that blind from the public. Now, the other thing that uh, I noticed was I'm uh, also a frequent visitor to the Marine Traffic AIS website, where I track, uh, you know, the ATB tankers and that sort of thing that that ply the BC coast, unbeknownst to the somnolent ten thousand uh, ton BC tanker. Public. Yeah, but on the marine traffic, which uses uh, a Google Earth image to superimpose these uh, ship movements on, it's got the the latest uh, image that shows uh, uh, these clear cuts. Um, so they've got some inside information on new imagery from Google that is being withheld 
from the general public. So I am hurt. This is a, a very serious issue. If Google Earth is being used on behalf of the corporatocracy to hide or to minimize the, hum the obvious human devastations that are occurring on our planet, that's a particularly egregious thing because they're up there watching, they can see the damage, and they're probably getting some kind of a cut from the logging industry to, to you know, mellow it out. And, oh, here, we're going into this particularly high sensitivity area. So could you not uh, update your imagery for that uh, area until we've already finished? And then, you know, people can whine and bitch, but it's already uh, been destroyed. So, you know, we'll just, uh, they'll, they'll ha won't, won't be able to do anything, right? The other thing that goes along with that, I've tried to search the Ministry of Logging, and there's not, no other term for it. Uh, forestry in British Columbia means nothing else but logging. I want to know the name of the forester, the so-called BC forest professional that signed off on those cutting permits. And I want to know simply who cut it. Because, and you try to find, I've just spent, you know, to prepare for this radio show, I've just spent the whole morning trying to go through this labyrinthine Ministry of Logging website to try and find a simple TFL or timber supply uh, areas designation of Vancouver Island that shows which licensee is doing what in all these different areas. And, you know, as far as I can tell, uh, this particular area isn't in a tree farm license or a timber supply area, these these horrible terminology. I, I'd like to nail this down, and I want to go after them. I want to go after their customers, their markets, their so-called bogus ecological certifications that they hold up to say they're doing, uh, you know, kinder, more sensitive logging, and just expose that bullshit. This area is just amazing, uh, you know, the huge ancient trees and, and these village sites. Like we had, uh, as part of our CMT research in the, in the East Creek area, the Salal is eight feet deep. You can't walk through it. You have to dive in and swim to get through the Salal. And, but, you know, every now and then we'd come across a bear trail or so we thought, and oh, that makes it a little bit easier. But, you know, bears, uh, you know, if you watch them, the way they move through the forest, they don't go from A to B. Uh, oh, we got to go there. So they, they go and they, they make a trail from A to B. They just sort of wander aimlessly on the landscape, as far as I know. I don't know much about the way bears move. But what we began to realize was a lot of what we thought were bear trails out there were quite possibly uh, ancient human trails that had been established like between village sites. There's one village site at Amos Creek on the west side of the Brooks Peninsula. Then the next one is this one at the behind McDougal Island uh, by Canoe Creek, uh, got to Canoe Lake. And then the next one is Sawanix in Klaskino Inlet. And, you know, because of the exposed uh, nature of the waterfront there, people would have been walking on foot rather than going in, in 
canoes a lot of the time. There is a stereotype that says First Nations on the coast here were, were primarily maritime peoples, and that's why they get these little postage stamp reserves here and there. Whereas our CMT research demonstrated that these people were amazing foresters and all over the landscape, everywhere we went in East Creek and anywhere on that landscape where there was primeval forest, there are these incredible culturally modified trees. And so anyway, we thought we were on a, on a trail uh, that, uh, you know, had been opportunistically used by the wildlife uh, over the centuries since the last uh, human passage, maybe 100 years ago or 150 years ago. That's all been utterly destroyed now. If there was a, a waterfront uh, a trail that uh, uh, went between Sawanix and Klaskino Inlet and the East Creek Village site, which is uh, Koskino Village, which is a sub-clan of the Quatsino, um, uh, that's uh, apparently uh, extinct. There are no uh, surviving uh, well, ancestors. When you when you talk about you know going after the forestry companies and finding out more, what about uh, your uh, alliances with the Quatsino and other First Nations? I mean, there's always the danger that it's the white man's you know jumping in and taking over everything. What kind of alliances are available to go after that, or is there any interest being expressed? It's, it's, I'm just sort of embarking on this again, just because that area held such uh, importance to me in my own experience. But as part of the campaign, of course, the first thing to do is to reach out to the Quatsino and, and just even, you know, because quite often uh, the First Nations are co-opted into the logging plans and then the, the company can say, well, we've got, uh, you know, some, uh, this is all being logged by, uh, you know, First Nations or something like that. So, I mean, you know, I will um, reach out to the Quatsino and ask them for permission to undertake this. Uh, but basically, I think uh, this is past where it's, uh, you know, we can't say anything because it's First Nations logging. I don't buy that anymore. Uh, we're on a planet that's being destroyed before our eyes. Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, my, my, my natural proclivity after 21 years of tree planting is to be a forest defense activist. But uh, I realized that uh, Vancouver Island, I mean, I did everything I could do with tree sitting and blockading and everything to stop the logging. It was impossible. It's done. Vancouver Island has been entirely destroyed by logging. When I say to my statistics, 13% uh, of Vancouver Island has been protected. But out of that 13%, 6% is above the tree line, just rock and ice, no trees. So, you yeah. know, you have places like Strathcona Park, which has a few big trees or little tiny 130 hectare cathedral grove or the west side of Valdez Island, which is entirely unprotected. Uh, those are the last patches of old growth on Vancouver Island. So, I mean, I've moved on to the tankers, but to be honest, I, I've you know, as an environmentalist and, uh, you know, I and having gone to study the ecological catastrophe at the university level at UVic, I've got a degree in environmental studies. Now it's either global warming, uh, rampant human caused uh, climate catastrophe 
or nuclear, whether mm. by accident or by design. Um, I basically, I think it's uh, our ch- our chances of turning this around are are pretty slim. Uh, I just look at the current uh, warmongering posturing going on, and uh, you know, one mistake on either of the Americans or the Russians uh, on that Ukraine thing could trigger uh, automatic deployment uh you know you, you and i are from the same uh, in the same demographic and it's just like old times that i remember distinctly growing up especially in the 1980s thinking that you know we were at the edge of disaster and ronald reagan and the the cold war and the nuclear rhetoric rhetoric and everything else but we're still here at least but it is a lot like old times with the fear being ramped up of uh, instant annihilation as you say by mistake design or maybe uh, because of artificial intelligence well igmar we're fast out of time i want to thank you for coming on tonight and i want to thank to diana johnstone over there in paris her article again is germany down and russia out you can find that at consortiumnews.com thanks again for coming on igmar Moscow, Tokyo, New York, Guerrilla Radio is everywhere at guerrilla-radio.com, everywhere, all the time.